I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Tell your story. Author, psychologist, musician. Listen to Dr. Karen to encourage your life. I'm all about taking charge, taking charge of your thoughts, taking charge of your life. I say it every week and how sometimes when we have intense emotions, we can get caught ruminating and obsessing. And we've looked at the research and how that actually doesn't help us at all. In fact, it keeps us stuck and it keeps us depressed rather than helping move us forward. Single is the new black. Don't wear white till it's right. Very important. Very important. What are they doing to keep that excitement and that in love love feeling? Channel a path to a more authentic you. Okay, this week, fight all you want, but whenever you fight, you have to hold hands. Learn how to have true intimacy. Yeah, bottle that up and sell it. (laughs) We want to make sure that the activities we're doing together are charging us up, getting us excited, giving us pleasurable feelings, and then helping us stay attracted to one another. Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Love and life. I'm all about living authentically and finding the best version of you and living life to its fullest. Turn up your dial. Get connected. You're listening to Dr. Karen on Love and Life right now. Welcome to Dr. Karen Love and Life. Hi there. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. I'm a psychologist, author, speaker, former professor, and musician. You may know me from my latest book, Single is the New Black. Don't wear white till it's right. Here on Love and Life, we talk about living and relating authentically in all realms of life. We look at how to have true intimacy in romantic relationships, more meaningful friendships, healthier family connections, more productive and fulfilling careers, and we learn methods for staying happy, hopeful, and positive, all while channeling a path to a more authentic you, living an authentic life. Today on Love and Life, we're interviewing Kira Sabin of the League of Adventurous Singles. And for those of you who are not familiar with the League, I'm pulling a couple of tidbits I found on Kira's website. The League is a community of women who want to do single better. We realize that amazing relationships come from people who know what they need and have the confidence and skills to share it with another person. We're making the most of our lives through bigger conversations about love and relationships, working on ourselves to become the person we want to date, and traveling and connecting with other incredible women around the world because great relationships start with ourselves. So I love all of that. So I'm so excited to welcome to Love and Life, Kira Sabin. Hi, Kira. Hi, Karen. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. And just from what I'm beginning to know about you, I think we have a lot in common. And uh, we've both spent a lot of time thinking about the single life and both are very enthusiastic about encouraging singles. So this is very on brand for Love and Life. (laughs) I'm just so excited to, I mean, I, I want to have amazing conversations about love and dating every day, all day. So I just love to come on podcasts and, and talk about how kind of confusing the world of dating is and how we can make it better. Exactly. Because it is a different landscape. And as I was kind of digging into your website, I saw that you really do have quite a bit of information about these changes that are going on. And we've talked about that on Love and Life, of course. Um, and just, just to start out, though, give my listeners, please, a sense of your background a bit like how did you get into this scene and what motivated you to start the league because this is a a lot of time and energy and very intentional thought out uh, pursuit to really be a part of encouraging singles so give us a little bit of your story please 
Absolutely. Let me tell you the super unsexy version of how I got into this, which is <laughs> I had a friend become a life coach and I was at a time where I was like, I don't know what to do next. Uh, I'd worked with uh, kids recreationally for years and years and years on cruise ships and camps. And um, I sat with her for about four or five sessions and she said, I mean, have you ever thought about this? <laughs> and I said, really? And I just started digging deeper into life coaching and I, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the idea of helping people truly change their life. And I knew immediately what I wanted to talk about because I thought to myself, if I could talk about one subject for the rest of my life, I would want it to be love because it's something that everybody is is looking for, something that everybody is wanting. And so few really know how to create and build with somebody else. And I just kind of started going from there and it's been a slow build, but you know, over time I evolved my brand from, you know, Kira Sabin dating coach to a community called the League of Adventurous Singles, because I think that single is not a curse. I don't think that the love gods hate you. I don't think, I think it's a time in your life where you can grow and learn and explore just as much as when you're in a relationship. It's just a, it's just a different space. That's so powerful. And it's something that really needs to be underscored time and time again, because you're right, women oftentimes, and, and you know, I was single for forever. I'm not sure how much you know about my background, but you know, I started dating at 15 and didn't get married till 42. So I spent some time in the trenches. And, you know, there were times when I did appreciate my single life. And then there were times when I was just like, mm, I'm tired of being lonely. I'm tired of being solo. You know, I want that partner. I want that help. And in just navigating my way through life. But to your point, looking back, I am so glad that I had those years as an adult flying solo because the strength I gained through those seasons, I don't think it's a particular type of strength that I don't think I could have just been able to internalize if I'd been in a serious relationship since like age 20 or something. I just don't think I could have. It's a different type of strength. Absolutely. And, you know, Karen, you and I are very similar. I met my boyfriend of almost three years when I was 41. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I was actually like the best single ever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've always had a really fulfilling life. I spent probably 20 years of my life just traveling, seeing the world, um, sometimes, you know, through business and then sometimes also just by myself. I'm a huge believer in, in singles travel because I think you can learn so much in that way. But yeah, I, I don't think I would have been ready for this relationship until it, until it came. Yeah. And really, I mean, we talk about this on Love and Life a lot, and you probably are aware of this data as well, because the most recent statistics are showing that the older we are at the age of first marriage, the less likely we are to divorce. So, I mean, the Absolutely. numbers are showing that to your point, when we take that time to really dig into, and as you're saying on your website and in your philosophy, like be the best version of yourself, then you have so much more to bring to a relationship and you're coming at it from a place of strength, not from a place of I need you to define me or I need you to fulfill me or I need someone to make me feel okay about myself. You're coming at it like, hey, I got this. I'm loving my life. And hey, if you got this and you're loving your life, we can walk hand in hand through life without either of us needing the other. Absolutely. And I think that there's a confidence that happens as we are single. We learn who we are. You know, we learn what we what we need. And, you know, by the time that I met my boyfriend, I was like, hey, here's who I am. And right. I'd love to know who you are. Right. And I'm going to and I'm going to love you for exactly who you are. And I'm going to ask you to do the same. And I don't need you to complete me. <laughs> and I don't need yeah. you to like fulfill like my every whim. 
All I need is, uh, you know, a partner in crime to kind of do this weird thing called life together. And, you know, and that's one of the things that I teach is just I think we put a lot of pressure on our primary relationships to be everything. Uh. And really, they're just, you know, another imperfect person just like you. And, you know, I let him be him and I'm me. And then we just meet in the middle. Yeah. And again, we don't see this a lot. And especially, I think, when we have those expectations because we haven't done the work on our own. And so we're looking outward for our happiness. We're looking outward for our fulfillment. And that is not fair, frankly. And it's not loving either. It's not loving of someone to be like, hey, I want to be in a relationship with you so that you can meet all my needs because I can't figure them out myself. I mean, people don't see it that way, but it's a very unloving, selfish way to go about relationships. Well, it's one that's going to end up um, usually unhappily, to tell you the truth. You know, I, I mean... If you can do that work up front, you are saving so much time for yourself and agony later on. And so I love I love that we both help people do that. Yeah, it's it's really fun and really actually uh, very heartening for me to know that there are other voices out there because I think you know very well in this landscape, this like mm-hmm. dating genre, there are a lot of messages that for me are disempowering and discouraging and actually completely off. I know that the people who are behind those, I don't think that they're coming at it from any kind of impure place. You know, they're not trying to deceive others, but I just think that they have a different philosophy that is so contrary to me. For example, like the reason I wrote my book was because I kept reading these self-help books that were telling singles that they're, you're fundamentally flawed, you're doing everything wrong, you're this, you know, you're single. So that means that there's something obviously like horribly, tragically like imperfect about you. And I'm thinking... Uh, no, how about we look at it as a single person has the strength to stay single, has the strength to do that hard work internally before they look for that life partner. You know, and so that's one of the things that I kind of push up against with the other voices in this space. I think that there is a ton of people who, like I said, I don't think that, uh, like you said, I don't think that people are meaning to do this. I don't. I yeah. don't think they're like predators. But what they're doing <laughs> is they are upping people's fear. And I truly believe that the more and more that you date out of fear, the less it's going to end in love. So if you're dating from scarcity, if you're dating from loneliness, if you're dating from feeling unlovable or feeling unattractive, you know, how is that ever going to turn into a loving relationship? Yeah, I'm over here like clapping because (laughs) I did a whole podcast about fear-based decisions and how there's no way that (laughs) any positive outcome can come from a fear-based decision. And you're so right. In the dating landscape, there is this fear-mongering. There's also this, hey, I have the the secret sauce. I have the the magic bullet. And if you just buy this and that and the other from me, then you will all of a sudden, true love will come into your life tomorrow. But if you don't, I guess you're going to be lonely forever. You're listening to Dr. Karen Anderson Abril on Love and Life. Go to her website, drkarin dot me. That's www.drkarin with a K dot me. Have any questions or would like to share your story with Dr. Karen? Email her, Karen, K-A-R-I-N at drkarin dot me. Don't even get me started. I can't go there. I can't go there. But here's the, you know, but and so here's the deal. Like whoever is listening to this, you don't have to love me and you don't have to love Karen, but make sure that if you start to work with somebody, work with somebody who is actually asking you to do the inner work and it's a place of love. 
a place of getting to know yourself, getting to know what you need, you know, having creating skills that can ask for it, creating skills to work through problems. That's what's going to get you there. Not, you know, you dating 30 dates in 30 days, you know, online or, you know, not that like if you just get in front of more people and you people please them until they start to like you. I mean, none of that stuff actually works. Yeah. And if it does work in air quotes, it's not going to last. It won't be sustainable because it's built on some phony little like I tried to do this. I put on this whole different way of being that's completely inauthentic to who I am. And maybe it got me a date or two or maybe got me a relationship or two. But the person wasn't relating to me. They were relating to this facade that I had put on for the sake of this experiment I was trying. And, you know, talking about authenticity is something that, you know, we focus a lot on in Love and Life. And I know that that's something that you're passionate about as well. So what do you think about this notion of authenticity? I'm curious, when you are coaching the singles that you work with, how do you incorporate that into your your philosophy? I mean, it's everything. (laughs) It's everything that I do, right? Because here's the deal. I even hate when people say, like, men do this and women do this. I do me. Same. You do you. Yes, right? it drives like, me crazy. As if, my, as if all guys are the exact same. And oh. if you just, like when people are like, "Here's how guys think," and it's usually a woman who's writing that book, by the way. How the the secrets that men actually think by a woman who's never been a man, <laughs> and like all guys are apparently the same. Every single guy on the planet thinks this way. It's absurd. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I just totally agree, and I I get really angry at the people who are saying, you know. Thinking that exactly you said the secret sauce, like if you can just get inside of the mind of a guy, you know, then you'll have it all figured out. Of course you won't, because every guy's different. You know, that's right. the silliest thing I've ever heard. The, be- the only thing we can actually do, you know, is know ourselves and, and feel confident enough to put it out there in a, a positive way, which is authenticity. Right. I mean, you know, and one of the things I love talking about in the idea of authenticity, because it's like the core of what I do in my work um, which is called the owner's manual, it's it's the fact that we can't actually love perfection. So if you're out there dating thinking, I'm not going to show them completely who I am. I'm not going to show them, you know, the kind of weirder or the quirky things that we all have, you know, because otherwise they won't like me. You are making yourself unavailable and you will never create a deeper connection or relationship that is long lasting. You know, so if you're, if you're, if you're yeah. a woman out there who's saying, Ah, I don't know why I keep getting unavailable guys. Like they're either physically or emotionally unavailable. I don't get it. Look at yourself. What are you putting out there? Are you actually showing up? Are you actually being mm-hmm. who you are? Are you are you expressing your needs and your and your wants and your and and everything that you are? Because if you're not, then you're the one who's unavailable, and you're just going to keep on attracting that. Mm-hmm. We we have to be able to to be authentic. And, you know, and like I said, moving it back to perfection, you know, we have this idea and I don't know if it's from Instagram or Pinterest or whatever, that we have to look a certain way and be a certain way. You know, I'm the first person to say I am in the crazy best relationship of my life. My boyfriend and I are asking each other on a daily basis, how can I be great for you? You know, I start crying if I start talking about so much because we are such great communicators. Mm -hmm. We really work through things. Here it goes. I'm like starting to like tear up I love it but you know what like I'm also a plus-size woman you know I met him when I was 41 you know I I have plenty of things that that I struggle with but that doesn't mean that I can't create a great relationship with someone and for such a long time I'd beat myself up thinking you know I can't 
find love because I'm not yeah. perfect or, you know, because I'm not a certain size or I'm not doing these certain things or making this certain amount of money or whatever it is. And at the end of the day, you know, I just had to be myself and vulnerable because that's where love lies. It lay, loves, lies in the ways of how we take care of each other, you know, how we show up for each other, how we communicate. We can't love perfect. We can only love the imperfections. Oh my gosh. And I just, I have to also punctuate, like for any of my younger listeners that you want to wait until you have a love that when you start talking about your guy that you are like tearing up. I mean, that is beautiful and it's deep and it's real and it's from the hard work of the years that you were single and, and, and wondering if it ever happened for you. And that's powerful. And, you know, one of the things we talk about on Love and Life is never settle ever, ever, ever settling is is not a plan for you it's not a plan whoever you're settling with I mean it's kind of a jerky thing to do to them too like you know well I was looking for Prince Charming but you'll do you know (laughs) so I just love that you're you're just having that very raw moment and I think that's a beautiful thing thanks for your vulnerability Kira thank you Karen (laughs) hi I'm Michelle from Valparaiso Indiana and I listen to Dr. Karen Love and Life I just think it's just so important that we start pushing back on on these ideas mm-hmm. that we have to dress a certain way or be a certain way on a date. And that's how we get love or find love or fall in love when, when love is created between two people. And that's how you get longer lasting, sustainable love. Well, and I love that you're pushing back on this because, I mean, my whole message of my book, there was a lot of pushback. Like people, I remember when I was pitching it to uh, agents and things and they were saying, well, maybe single women really want to believe that they're just fine the way they are and they just haven't met the right one. But that's probably not true. I mean, I literally had an agent reply that, you know, like I think the philosophy of your book like sounds good, but it's probably just not true. And you're just you're lying to the single women. You're the one they're screwed up and you're telling them they're okay. So I was the problem. I mean, I'm like, really? Okay. All right. That's interesting take on things. I mean, again, it comes from a place of people wanting to, what sells? I mean, advertisers want to tell us that, you know, I'm going to get a million wrinkles if I don't use their product, right? It's the same thing. There are people out there who say, you know, you're never going to find love. You're going to be lonely forever. You're going to be pathetic and miserable if you don't buy my book or subscribe to my program or and so forth. Absolutely. Once again, we're selling these fears. Right. Yeah. We're selling yeah. we're selling fear. I mean, you and I are not. But, you know, <laughs> right. that's why right. we also are taking the hard road. We're not taking the easy road. That's for sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, they people do want a silver bullet. Right. They do want that little pill that yeah. they can take that, you know, what if I just close my eyes, this will all figure itself out. And it just doesn't work like that. You know, it just yeah. doesn't work like that. I don't believe that somebody just shows up and they're your perfect match. I, I think there's work to do. I think you learn how to treat each other. They're never going to read your mind. But at the end of the day, that love you're creating is what binds people together in a deeper connection. Hi, this is Damia Jackson. I am an avid listener of Dr. Karen's Love and Life podcast. It empowers, educates, and informs me to make better decisions in my life. I am happy that this resource is available to me. I also want to have you explain to listeners and explain to me even, because, you know, I'm a psychologist and I have a background in therapy. So when I hear about life coaches, like I think you guys are doing probably a lot of therapy, really, but you're coming at it, you know, from the back door, kind of like sneaking it in because therapy still in certain circles can be considered like, ooh, you know, there's a little bit of a stigma, which is really too bad. But I'm good with anyone getting help any way, shape or form. But what do you see like the role of a life coach 
versus therapist. And I know that you've shared with me that you were a former never ask for help lady yourself. So how do you kind of reconcile all that with what you do now for your clients? Absolutely. Well, first of all, you know, my therapist is who changed my life. I am the biggest advocate for therapy. And in fact, there have been times where, you know, someone has come to me and I said, you know, I would love to help you after you go to therapy for at least a couple of months because there's some stuff that is not, you know, is not for me. The way that I look at the difference is therapists a lot of time are helping you unblock the gook from what you've learned and and what you've been taught or or how you lived. And I'm going to take that, you know, that next step then. Once you kind of are like, okay, I'm okay with me. On so many levels, I'm teaching people how to communicate better. I'm teaching people how to fight in a, in a kind way. I'm teaching them how to set up proper boundaries. I'm teaching them skills versus, depends, I mean, you know, I know enough about therapy to know there's many, many types of therapies. There's many right. theories. But ultimately, I really try to make sure that I am not therapy light and really try to decide how do I take you to that next step? Once you're in a place where you're like, I'm okay with myself, but I'm still not getting this. We're going to start digging in and going, how are you talking to people? How are you communicating? Is it working for you? You know, are you setting up boundaries? How do you do that? More of a skill set versus just talking about our lives. And that's, to me, the difference in what I do versus therapy, because I have a ton of friends who are therapists and a ton of friends who are life coaches. And how did you come up with your protocol or or your your curriculum, so to speak? Like, was it kind of just evolving over the years? Or did you just sit down and go, you know what, I'm going to just get away for a couple weekends and I'm just going to take my entire philosophy and I'm going to break it down into teachable points? Or, you know, I'm just curious about your process. Sure. So like I mentioned, I, so I have a 10 step process. It's called the owner's manual. And what I found is it's, it's definitely an evolution. You know, it took me a while to get here. It was, it was only up until a couple of years ago and I'm, I'm eight years into this. Um, but I found that as much as we like to think we're different and you probably know this too, Dr. Karen, that at the end of the day, the people were coming to me with the exact same problems, right? They were feeling yeah. the exact same way. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that every single person is the same, but I was finding a lot of the topics that we were discussing or a lot of the things that we needed to work on were the same. Looking at our mm-hmm. communication styles, looking at our relationship styles, understanding mindsets about dating and philosophies, you know, really it was a lot of the same thing. So I was like, I don't know why any single woman Um, because right now it's only for women, could not benefit from this process. It's 10 steps and it's just kind of like helping you starts with the beginning of everything kind of like where you've come from, you know, like Mm -hmm. everything that brought you to this place and then fully understanding you, how you learn to love. You know, uh, I have a full two weeks on just your mindsets. You know, what's your inner critic Mm -hmm. doing? What is it telling you about being single? What is, you know, what are you actually believing about yourself and about being single? And, and, you know, what do we need to shift there? And then we go into trust and healthy boundaries, communication, your life support team. I'm a huge believer that it takes a village. Like we need to have incredible people in our life, friends, family, coworker, whoever, before that person comes in so they can just be them. Yes, you yes, know? yes, yes, yes. And, then, and then moving on to, you know, relationship styles. And so it's a it's a whole process that I'm like, every single person could benefit from just this self-awareness because Dr. Karen, you and I both know 
that I think so many relationships don't work because we are truly not self-aware of who we are going to be in that relationship. We maybe know who we are as a single person, but all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you get in with this other person who's flawed and has their own stuff that they maybe haven't worked through and their own, you know, and their own set of insecurities and problems. And then you just spend a lot of time reacting until it either... Yeah, until like one person says, I can't do this anymore. That's a lot of what relationships look like right now. And I don't think they have to. Instead, you know, with some self-awareness and asking for what you need, we can teach the other person how to treat us. Mm-hmm. And you can build on that. You know, I, I have a lot of podcasts and, and blog posts about what I did in the beginning steps of my relationship and my current relationship that worked. You know, one of the things in my owner's manual is I'm an anxious dater. I'm an anxious attachment style. In that knowledge about myself, When I don't hear from somebody for a few days, I can have myself believing in a second (laughs) that they're not interested. They may have looked at me in the eye, kissed me and said, I'm really interested in this. And two days later, after not hearing from them, I am like, oh my gosh, we're done. This is over. You know what I mean? Like he's obviously ghosting me and I just didn't know it. So I, I sat him down and I had like the awkward, tough conversation of, I like you. I'm, I'm really interested in this. And when I don't hear from you, I, I go to the dark side. I go to the bad place. So if you could just reach out every day, just so like a hello, just so I know you're still in this because this is my thing. This is going to go so much better. And he's like, okay. From that moment on, he always just made sure he checked in every day. He didn't know. How would he know that this was my thing? And, you know, that simple conversation absolutely was able to like create a better relationship because... I, first of all, was telling him right in that moment, if you have something that you need, we do this, we talk. We say, you know, I'm gonna tell you what I need and then I'm gonna also ask you for what you need. So we kind of set up that this is the precedence of this relationship, as well as I was able to calm my head in all the crazy places that sometimes happen (laughs) because he kept showing up in the way that I needed him to. Hi, I'm Laura and I love listening to Dr. Karen Love and Life every week in Evanston, Illinois. Okay, so what I love about this, I mean, I love like everything you just said, but um, you're giving some brass tacks here, you know, because I, you know, I'm a psychologist and, you know, I was a professor, so I can just like talk theory and that's interesting for some people, but most of us need eventually, like I need a concrete example. So what I love about this is you're talking about, we talked about vulnerability earlier and and how someone, you're, you're saying that you, someone has to really see you and, and they got to see the side that isn't perfect as well to really be able to fall in love with you. And so what you just did is, is you were able to be vulnerable, like here, this is the thing. I have this anxiety thing going on if I don't hear from you. And then you, you had that tough conversation, which isn't easy in the first couple of weeks of dating. But it showed your honesty and your willingness to have hard conversations. So it showed your communication style, it showed your commitment. And then the other thing is you showed you you showed him who you are and gave him a choice. Because if he couldn't handle the anxious dating style, then better that you guys figure that out in the first couple of weeks Absolutely. and let him go to find someone that's a better fit for him. Nothing wrong with you, nothing wrong with him, just not a fit. But when we don't, when we're inauthentic, we don't give someone the choice to respond to us for who we really are. And we just set the entire relationship on a course of being phony. Absolutely. Right. Because, I mean, I could sit there and pretend I was fine. I could sit there and then I'm freaking out in my head or I'm like driving all of my friends crazy, you know, which is annoying. Because they have to hear about it now. Exactly. Because they're hearing about 17 times a day. And, you know, sometimes (laughs) I did drive them a little crazy. Of course you you do. We all do. Right. But overall, you know, I really brought it to him. And, you know, at the end of that conversation, which I think is the most important part, I then said, hey, and if there's anything that you need from me, just ask. Now, it took him a while to get there. 
Yeah. But I kept occasionally auto-correcting or correcting course or, you know, tweaking when there was something that came up or was a little weird for me. You know, I would just sit down and say like, hey, I'm wondering if we could do this a little different because it doesn't feel good for me. Nobody wants to say what they need and then nobody knows what to do. And then everybody just kind of keeps hurting each other until they go away. And and a lot of dating and relationships. Everything you're talking about just is so empowering, right? Because we when we play the blame game, we're losing power. I mean, go ahead and blame everyone for the rest of your life. And and that's not empowering you in one way, shape or form to get what you want, which you say you want true love. And so the blaming is just a waste of time and energy, right? So I love that you are bringing the focus back to your clients, what they can control, which is them. And that's it. (laughs) They can control themselves, their behavior, their mindsets. And, And so I think that's, I mean, such a powerful perspective for you to be working with. Hi, I'm Vicki Zarley, and I listen to Dr. Karen, Love and Life in Palmdale, California. Something you said earlier that really struck me, too, is just a lot of times women don't mean to, but they're playing games, too. They do want that. They desire a relationship, but they feel like they can't be that forthcoming with that desire because they're going to scare a guy away or whatever. And so they end up doing this whole thing, like acting like that. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. It's cool. It's like, no, it's not cool. And you're not cool. And you're upset. And now you've gone too far sexually with this guy and he never made a commitment to you and you were afraid to, to have that conversation to see if you guys were on the same page as to what you want in this relationship. And it just becomes just a mess and a lot of hurt feelings for no reason. Right. And here's the deal. If you would have let him know after a couple of dates what you were looking for and he wasn't looking for it, you'd know and you could go like, oh, bummer. And then you'd move on. Right. But because you didn't speak up for what you wanted, because you didn't let him know you know, and you might go like, oh, but he should have let me know. No, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Just listen, when you hit ideal worlds, you let me know. And we'll sell that for a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, the thing is, is like, we have to, I'm all about women being empowered and dating. And you're right. Like people play games without knowing, well, isn't he supposed to? No, nobody. This is a whole right. new playing field. We have to mm-hmm. take care of ourselves. We have to express what we need and have the confidence to do so. And if you're not willing to do that, you're going to keep on putting yourself in situations that don't feel good. And like you said, women want to be empowered, but then we we settle in really quickly with the victim mode. Well, he should have this and I, I did it. He should have this. And I'm like, you never made that clear. You never made that clear and you didn't set up boundaries and you didn't advocate for yourself. So why are you blaming him? He thought you were cool. You presented like you were all laid back and cool about this. So why are you upset with him? Don't play the victim card because you were in control of that. You abdicated that control and now you're mad. Yep. And I find that most of the time when people are mad, they're mad at themselves. They're not actually mad at the other person. My dissertation was all on about identity development and how when we step into our identity and and understanding ourselves and all the themes we've been talking about and also how you know essentially that ownership of who you are that ownership of who you are and who you want to be and it's all about growing up hi my name is dina and i listen to dr karen love and life in chicago I want to thank you so much, Kira, for coming on the show today. Let the listeners know where to find you, your website, your social media platforms. Um, Let them know where they can come and check out your stuff. Absolutely. If you go to leagueofadventurousingles.com, 
you know, all one word, all together. That's going to tell you everything you need to know. I have a podcast there. It's called Seven Minutes in Heaven. It's short, but not always sweet. Thoughts on love, dating, and relationships. You know, there's a lot of ranting. There's a lot of swearing. I'm not going to lie, but it's really, really good information. I have a lot of great blog posts there. And um, and then I also have the owner's manual, which is, you know, the process that I was talking about that I do. And, and there's a bunch of different ways that you can do that. But um, everything you need to know is, is on that website. And I have a love and life hack that I like to leave my listeners with. And I think I would just want to steal, if you don't mind letting me borrow, your motto of um, approaching relationships with an open heart and open eyes, was it? Yeah. I I usually say something like that, you know, that I love that we can date with trust and Mm -hmm. openness and belief Mm -hmm. that, you know, everybody's doing the best that they can, but also keeping our eyes open to what's really happening. Okay. So I'm going to go with the love and life hack for this week is date with an open heart and open eyes. Thanks so much, Kira. This was a real treat. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I had so much fun and I love having big conversations and that's just what happened. Great. You can find me at my website, www.drkaren.me. On Twitter, I'm at Dr. Karen Anderson. Facebook is Dr. Karen Anderson Abral. On Instagram, I'm Dr. Karen and it's Karen, K-A-R-I-N. And I'd love to hear from you. You can email me your story or ask me a question. I'm at Karen, K-A-R-I-N, at drkaren.me, D-R-K-A-R-I-N dot me. Thanks so much for subscribing on iTunes. I'm also on Stitcher, Spreaker, and SoundCloud at Dr. Karen Love and Life. Head over to my website and sign up for my riff on relationships. I send out about one to two emails a month, letting you know what I'm blogging about and what we're covering on the podcast. Please let me know if you have any topics you want me to cover. I want this to be your show as much as it is mine. Thanks to my team, producer Michelle Musso and communications manager Dale Gregory. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, make it a great week.